Welcome to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. Pastor Ben Pitney has a message titled, Living with Eternity in Mind. Join us in Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 33. At Vail Christian Church, we believe in training followers of Christ to worship, gather, give, and serve. So if you're going to talk about eternity or, um, and the concept of living with eternity in mind, it's, it's a biblical truth. It's something that um, takes intentionality to focus on, actually. We kind of, uh, I think we probably have um, eternity amnesia, actually, quite a bit. And we're going to look today throughout this um, passage of Scripture, I think, and discover a lot of really good principles and truths that we can draw right out of the scripture that apply to us. And um, one of the questions that I think that we need to ask ourselves um, pretty often is, what does it look like in light of eternity? What, uh, regarding this issue, in other words, is eternity formative, actually, in the way uh, you and I approach issues, approach situations, circumstances, relationships of everyday life? Because actually, the truth of the scripture teaches us that eternity should shape the way we live every day. It should shape the way we live um, every day. Let's read together Matthew chapter 6. I want to start in verse 19. We'll start in verse 19, and um, it's quite a long chapter. We'll be, we'll, we'll be there. I'm going to focus through about verse 25, but we're going to read all the way through verse 33 first. So it says, Do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and devouring insects destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and devouring insects do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is a lamp of the body. If then your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is diseased, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he'll hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, or in light of this, right? I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body or what you'll wear. Isn't there more to life than food and more to the body than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable than they are? And which of you, by worrying, can even add one hour to his life? Why do you worry about clothing? Think about how the flowers of the field grow. They do not work or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was clothed like one of these. And if this is how God clothes the wild grass, which is here today and tomorrow is tossed into the fire to heat up the oven, won't he clothe you even more? people of little faith. So then, don't worry saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the unconverted pursue these things, 
And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But above all, pursue his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Now, there's a lot there. We've actually walked through this passage over the years quite a bit. And I'm going to do this again. And I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how you can read through the scriptures and learn something, and, and, and the Lord will present truth, and there will be truth that applies that comes right out of the scriptures. And then the next day, you can read the same thing and, and learn something completely different. And as much as I've studied this passage, I feel like I've learned even more over this last couple of weeks, just kind of getting ready for this message. And so I, that's because God's word is alive, it is living, and it is powerful that way. And so This is our goal today, to draw the truth out of the text and then say, what does this have to do with me? There are two principles, I think, to create a framework first that I want you to know and understand here. So I'm going to kind of put this together for you. And it's it's really through verses 19 through 25. And I want to lay out some of these principles. And so here's the first one, because they're important to frame what we're going to look at. And, you know, a frame does a lot of things, right? I, you know, there's, there's a trend now to uh, f- uh, canvas pictures without frames, and it's pretty awesome. But most of the time, frames actually really bring things into focus, even in artwork, okay? They do a lot. So let's create a frame um, to look through first. And so here it is, principle number one, human beings made in the image of God, do not live based on the facts of their experience, but based on their interpretation of the facts. Now, if you haven't learned this over this last year and a half, you've not been paying attention. (laughs) Because there are facts. They seem to be out there. You got to search for them, which ones are true or not. But even when you find the facts, the true facts, there's weight. Everybody interprets them a little bit different. We, we, I, I could name a hundred things and you would all go, oh yeah, all right? Okay, I'm not even going to do it because you know what would come up in my mouth first, right? Okay, so here we go. Let me say it again. Human beings made in the image of God, that's, that's, that's a true fact. We're made in the image of God. Do not live life based on the facts of our experiences, but on the interpretation of the facts. It's true. You and I are always bringing some sort of interpretive system to everything that we face in life, right? And you and I are always bringing, uh, uh, by by way of the plan of creation, right, the hardwiring, the design of the creator, we are incessant interpreters, actually, Whether we realize it or not, we're always bringing some sort of interpretation to life and the circumstances of life. Let me give you an example. Linda and I just went to a movie on Friday night. It was an awesome movie. Have you been? Have you seen the Treasure Island, Treasure Island thingy? Um, What is it? Is it Jungle Cruise? Treasure Cruise? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry. Hi. Obviously, I need some more coffee. All right. So we go see that movie. 
let's just say it was Linda's turn to pick the movie. All right? Now, now listen. All right? We go to the movie, and in the middle of the film, Linda's having an emotional reaction to the film. And about then, I'm thinking, this is the best popcorn and candy I've ever eaten. I hadn't had any popcorn and candy for a long time at the movies. This candy's the greatest. I need this candy in my life. Linda comes out from the movie and she says, Ben, wasn't that a wonderful movie? And I said, did you taste the candy? (laughs) Now, what's going on there? True story. What's going on there? We're two people in the exact same situation, same movie. We have dramatically different interpretations of things. We got to realize that we're never just responding to the facts of our experience. We're always bringing some kind of interpretive system that we carry into that experience that actually shapes that experience for us, you see, right? What a profound thing that is, actually. That's really, really profound when you think this through. Your uniqueness in creation as a human being made in the image of God with the ability to do that. Oh, now look, I kind of like the movie. It was very Indiana Jones-like. It was funny. And it was highly entertaining. Wasn't the part I focused on, though. Here comes principle number two. You ready? Principle number two, no one is more influential in your life than you. Don't believe it any other way. No one talks to you more than you do. You're in a constant conversation with yourself. No one's more influential in your life than you are because no one talks to yourself and talks to you more than you do. You're counseling yourself all the time. You're persuading yourself all the time. You're defending yourself all the time, right? You're in constant conversation with yourself all the time, and that conversation is profoundly important. It is. Now, those two principles are are there. Now, that's how we're framing this. Now, look at verse 19 again with me. All right? Do not accumulate for yourselves treasures on earth where moss and rust will destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And here's something crazy. The eye is the lamp of the body. If then your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is diseased, your whole body will be full of darkness. Then the light in you is darkness. How great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either you'll hate the one, love the other, it will be devoted to the one, despise the other. You can't serve God and money. Now, okay, now we got these two principles framed, all right? There are more principles here. Treasure principles. Treasure principles. This passage lays out for us at least three significant treasure principles that... Continue to frame. You know what's on the inside of the frame of artwork? There's a matting, generally, that it's just another piece of the frame that, that intensifies and highlights and brings more focus to the artwork. Here we go. These treasure principles do the same thing. Three significant treasure principles, and these treasure principles lead us to the issue of living 
with eternity in mind. Number one, everyone lives for some kind of treasure. Everybody. Nobody's with it uh, as an exception. It's, it is the theological assumption of the passage, actually. Because we're all, we, we're, we're all human. We are value-oriented, actually. We, we're value-oriented. We're inescapably importance-oriented, right? We are investment-oriented. We are treasure-oriented. That's everybody. Everybody lives for some kind of treasure. We live purposefully, whether we realize it or not, we live in pursuit of something, whether we realize it or not, everybody does. Here comes treasure principle number two. The thing that is our treasure will control our hearts. It's truth. When the Bible uses the word heart, it means the core of your personhood. That's what the heart is, the core of your personhood. The heart is the core of the personhood. It's the seat of our emotions. It's the seat of our motivations. It's the seat of our thoughts. It's the seat of our desires. So it's important when the scripture says, whatever becomes our treasure rules our heart. It rules our heart. You may not like it, but that's truth. Okay, here's the third treasure principle. What controls your heart controls your behavior. What controls your heart rules, shapes, controls your behavior. No one can serve two masters, right? No one can serve two masters. We know that. Master is a term of control. Whatever controls our heart rules and shapes our behavior. That means our behavior is always heart shaped and heart exposing heart exposing that's why we protect it we don't want anybody to see sometimes what's in there right because for fear they might not like what they see so those are the three treasure principles and here's what's profound in this passage christ only gives us two categories really of treasure notice what he says don't accumulate for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but accumulate for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and thieves don't break in and steal. So my life is always directed by what I would characterize as earthbound treasure or shaped and directed by treasures in heaven. Those two things. That's the only ones Jesus gives us the choice of. Those are the two options. Earthbound treasure is all about present relationship, present possessions, present experiences in the now of this life that I live in, right? And treasures of heaven means I relate to all those things that I deal with every day with a larger perspective of what God's eternal plan is. I face the things that I face every day seeking and pursuing, not just what these things can give me, but relating to those things from the vantage point of the promises and the hope and the sure um, destiny of eternity. Okay, now I don't know what you heard here when I said that, but that's not just a theological thing. That's intensely practical, very practical actually. You could, I, I can feel you just shaking your head, kind of like, yeah, seems to kind of make sense. 
that this moment that I'm in, this relationship that I'm in, this situation that I'm in, my response to what's before me is always shaped by a heart-driven pursuit of earthbound treasures or shaped by a heart-driven pursuit of treasures in heaven, things of eternal significance, things that would not make any sense whatsoever if there weren't an eternity. You're always pursuing one of these two categories of treasure. And what happens is we forget about eternity, though. We got what, you know, we got sort of amnesia when it comes to that sometimes. We lose sight of God's plan. That means I lose sight of all this hope. I lose sight of the fact that it's not a destination here on earth, but this is meant to be preparation for the final destination. We lose sight of it all the time. I lose sight of it all the time. I find myself ruled and controlled by my desires just like anybody else. Ruled by pressures, ruled by experiences, relationships in the moment. I live in the moment. We love to live in the moment, right? Okay. That's all earthbound stuff. Forgetting about being redeemed from sin, forgetting about eternal value of the moment. All of the plan of God is being played out in the moment, though. All of God's plan is being played out in the moment. Nothing's an accident and just a mistake. You know, I've said it recently, you know, as if, you know, this virus and all this business just sort of took the Lord by surprise and he went, oh my gosh, I didn't see that coming. What are you kidding? Is he the sovereign creator of the universe? Uh, universe, does he hold everything in his hands or not? He's like, oh, this stuff, I didn't, I didn't account for that. Goodness, no way. I think he's used it. I've even said, I think it's in, I think he's, I think he's shaking the church up with it for sure, intentionally. It's caused us to kind of reevaluate all kinds of stuff. Okay, that's a whole other message. I don't want to preach that one. But it's so tempting, isn't it? It's so easy to forget that God's working in every moment and every day in our lives. The narrative of redemption, it's being played out before all of us. That is, this is a God of eternity who's drawing the hearts of me and, and, and my kids and your kids and our kids and our families and everything else to the glory that can only be found in him. So, so we would live for something bigger than this moment of pressure that tends to grip our hearts, right? Earthbound treasure shrinks moments in our lives to the physical people, the physical experience of those moments. So here's what earthbound treasure does. It makes it all horizontal. It loses verticality of life, the verticality of life. It makes it all present. It loses the eternal nature of life. It makes it all human. It misses the spiritual nature of life. It does all of that. And I'm convinced that what Matthew chapter 6 in the, these verses 19 through 32 do, I'm, I'm convinced it's an elaborate unpacking of what happens when you live that way. That's why the first word of verse 33 is what? What's the first word in verse 33 virtually in every translation? 
but, but, right? Look at that. (laughs) But above all, pursue his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. But, yeah. That's the transition word of the passage. Don't live this way. But, don't live this way. (laughs) Don't live this way. It's a really important word. Now, here here we go. Here comes some more matting or framework. (laughs) The danger of earthbound treasure. Let's let's just keep focusing it because there's danger out there. Um, having made this contrast, let's, let, let's talk about the danger of earthbound treasure. Here's the first thing. This is a $2 bill. It's not fake. They, the government makes $2 bills still. I think they're kind of cool. They don't get circulated very much. You have to ask for them. I love it. I feel like my grandfather. He always gave, like, grandkids $2 bills. And... People around, I don't know why, older people like them, so I'm starting to like it. (laughs) It's like collecting silver dollars, right? Okay, it's a $2 bill. Why is this this $2 bill worth $2? Why? Well, it's not because it's $2 worth of paper. It's not because it's $2 worth of ink. It's not actually intrinsic value. It's assigned value. Our government's assigned this particular piece of paper with these graphics on it, the value of $2. That's why the old saying says, when we talk about treasure, it says that the one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? Because a few of the treasures that we would pursue actually have intrinsic values. They have assigned value, So once I assign this piece of paper the value of $2, it begins to shape my life. The amount of these that that you're offered, all right, will probably help you make the decision on whether or not you take a job or not, right? The amount of these that you have determines uh, the kind of house that you live in a lot of times or the neighborhood you live in or the cuisine that you eat or the kind of vacations that you take the kind of retirement you may have, the clothes that you wear, and sadly, in some situations, the kind of people that you're willing to hang out with. Once this is assigned this value, it begins to exercise control over your life. Now that's, now, now, now what that says is the issue of earthbound treasure is not just that there's valuable things and they hook me, because they do, Right? The fact of the matter is I'm giving them their value. I'm assigning things value. And once I've assigned them value, they begin to exercise rulership over my life. And then you find yourself trying to find the furthest away parking space because it's less likely that you're going to get a door ding in your truck. Because I really value my truck. And I really like the smooth doors. And the door ding pushes me over the edge. You can tell what I value. Right? I'm just like anybody else, right? So I, I, I think that, um, ah, this is huge, right? All right, so here we go. The things that I assign value now form the way that I approach life. That's that first sub point under there. So 
One of the spiritual things that's going on in all of us is that we value rate life. We do. We value rate. And what that means is there's, there's potential for things that are not as valuable um, as, as we are now making them. The, 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 there's potential for those things to rise to levels of value way beyond their intrinsic value and begin to control our lives. Comfort, pleasure, respect, success, control, none of these things are evil necessarily in and of themselves, but they must not rule us. And so what this means is that this side of eternity, it's really difficult for me to keep the things that God says are important, important. <laughs> in fact, I need eternity to help me keep important Things, the things that God says are important, important. I need eternity to do that. And we're going to eventually get to talking about hell. Yeah. It's been a while since I preached on hell. Okay, we'll get there. So here comes the second danger of the earthbound treasure. It's found through Jesus as he informs us that these, number two, earthbound treasures are always temporary, always temporary. (laughs) They get stolen, they rust, and bugs eat them. That's what he says. They get stolen, they rust, and bugs eat them. Have you had any of those things happen? (sighs) Kind of makes you mad, right? Doesn't it bother you when something rusts? You go out and it just breaks apart because it's rusty. Or when bugs eat it, I don't like termites. And I don't like people taking my stuff. So, so, so what Jesus is saying is because of their temporary nature, these things actually have no ability to satisfy your heart. They can't possibly give us what we want. And so they, they create an obsession and an, addic- an addiction and a frustration and disappointment because earth stuff cannot be our Messiah. Cannot be our savior. The creation can't fulfill our heart. It, it's utterly, fundamentally impossible. And we, you know, we ask earthbound treasures to do that all the time. We ask people and circumstances to do that. And, the, and then when we do, we become demanding and controlling and fearful and disappointed. We become angry. It's a total mess. We, we, we cannot, we must not ask these things to be our Messiah because... The minute we do that, everything becomes actually about you. And the treasure that we demand to have, because we think if we have those things, our souls be satisfied, it never happens. Jesus says it's temporary, never happens. It won't fill that hole in your life. So watch, watch this now. You've got to hang with me. Don't move. Don't get up. You can hold it. What does this have to do with me? It comes together really quickly. It almost ends so much, I, I don't even know how to end it. So we'll start right here. What does this have to do with me? Watch. It's clear that Jesus is saying something really important here. Here it is. If all these principles are true, and they are, here we go. Our behavior, number one, in any given situation is always our attempt to get, get what's valuable to us. Right? Our behavior in every, any given situation, any relationship, any circumstance is always our attempt to move closer to what we treasure. 
because that's how we've been designed to live. God designed us to value treasure. Now, hang with me. Here we go. Number two, we've been designed to live for treasure. I just said that, right? By God, sovereignly by God. Do you know why we've been hardwired or designed to live for treasure? It's because we're, we're designed to live for God, to live for Him, to live for Him. Jesus Jesus' priceless treasure is for us. Sin, though, sin, we talked about sin just last time, really, right? Sin is bent. Sin has twisted that and corrupted it. Sin cuts us off from eternity. It cuts us off from God. Sin cannot be in God's presence. And, and, and so sin has kidnapped that treasure orientation for horizontal earthbound things that will never do for us what the Messiah will do for us. See? So God knows all that. That's why he made a way and gave us Messiah, Jesus, because everything's been twisted and bent and corrupted by sin. See? We've been designed to live for treasure, to live for God. What does this have to do with me? There's a third one. Living in pursuit of the wrong treasure leads to the trauma of bitterness, envy, materialism, entitlement, doubting God, frustration, discouragement, depression, need me more, anger. Uh, yeah. Living for earthbound treasure, the, the, all of that stuff rises up out of our lives. Now, let me take it even further Really, how sad is it for us to seek horizontally what we've already been given in Christ and to pay the price for that trauma with our own souls in temptations to bitterness, temptations to envy, temptations to materialism, temptations to entitlement, temptations to doubt God, temptations to frustration and discouragement and depression and anger. All of that is trauma of the soul that is a result of, of living in pursuit of the wrong treasure. When I've, especially in, in light of I've been connected to an eternal kingdom that cannot fail. Our lives right now stretch beyond this moment. We live in the moment, though, and, and I think we should. I mean, there's a certain amount of embrace the moment, right? But it goes beyond this moment and beyond this pain and beyond the disappointment and beyond the loss of our lives right now. Our lives right now stretch actually into the majesty and the glory of eternity. Eternity. This is just... part of the journey, not the destination. That's why Peter says we are strangers and aliens in this land. This place is not our home. All right, number four. Here it comes. It's the last one. You ready? Our hearts are always ruled and shaped by one of these two systems of treasure, earthbound or eternal treasures of the kingdom. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's the fact. That's the truth. You see, our heart is always ruled by, our life is always shaped by one of these two systems. We're either investing in earthbound stuff, or we, 
we're we're either attaching the well-being of our heart to a false Messiah or we're attaching ourselves to the eternal treasures of the kingdom of God. That's true in every situation, every relationship. It's inescapably true. And I believe the deep truth here, watch how fast it concludes, is that God wants our hearts to be captured by, to be controlled by, and given rest and satisfaction by the eternal treasures of the kingdom of God. Pray with me. Thank you, Lord. Man, that ended fast. That's how practical it is, Lord. Thank you for how practical that is and how profound that is. Now, Lord, all of us, me included, maybe the I need to be first in line. Lord, I, I need to understand and embrace this more and more and more. I need to live and know and not forget about eternity. Keep eternity in our minds and our hearts all the time, Lord. And those treasures, I get so distracted by the stuff here on earth. So distracted, Lord. I need your help your guidance and your wisdom. Thank you, Lord, for knowing and not just talking about it or writing about it, knowing I'm so sinful, I need a Savior. Thank you for making a way for me to have eternity. Now, help me to live like it, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Vail Christian Church Podcast. If you have any questions, would like more information about our church, or would like to see the video cast of this message, please visit our website at www.vailchristian.com.